0: Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe.
1: Hello, Joshua. And happy Black History Month. Was that awkward? (laughs) Excellent. Excellent job. And see, and now you've already got the guests
0: going. What, what have I willingly participated in once again? <laughs> Joe, you want to introduce our guest? <laughs> I would love to. Wish
1: Everyone, you know them. You love them. They are a two-time now Jeopardy <laughs> champion. They are a professor of Africana Studies. They have recently been to Aotearoa parentheses new zealand they absolutely hate it and love it when i text them that i'm watching district nine and i miss them (laughs) everyone it is professor dr tj talley Hello.
2: hello that's the best intro that i've had ever also amusingly I was in a bad mood last night. I went to, I had a very lovely time, but I went to Bear Night at the Marrow and I was there and someone had said something that annoyed me and five seconds later, an actual lovely friend of mine came up to me, non-black, and said, happy Black History Month. And I was like, we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is wild because we absolutely do. So first off, please feel free to wish my people happy Black History Month. But I was like, it's such a mood. I like turned to them and I was like, we don't do that. And then
1: my I was actually, was oh my bitter. God, this might. my... I, Our friend will never listen to this, but I was actually referencing a time last year when a mutual friend of mine and (laughs) TJ aggressively wished TJ a happy Juneteenth.
2: Yeah, don't do that.
1: Don't do that one shook their hand looked yep. them in the eyes and was yep. like happy juneteenth and i was like this is a little too get out for me too too get out
2: <laughs> he, he was like he voted for Obama a fourth time
1: yeah yes but and then great. proceeded to like, wish only white people happy black
2: history month <laughs> or no happy juneteenth and i was like everything about this is the most i was just like what is happening but yes feel free i love it i love it. i wish happy black history month i don't even understand five minutes later i was like now i can't take this back i was just so uh even professors sometimes lose their damn minds and are like why are we like this yeah my bad hi friends it's good to be back
0: yes it's good to see you i do have to quickly ask the about district nine what's that (laughs) because that's a movie that i saw in the theater and i was like i can't ever watch this movie again but i it was so depressing to me
1: and (laughs) so i'm just curious what's the so i i watched um I don't know. I was, like, really high, and I was just like, let me watch <laughs> District 9. I miss TJ. <laughs> and yep. it's mainly because it takes place in South Africa, yeah, and it's mostly with, like, white South Africans, and I thought yep. that, like, and I know that TJ has, like, you know, been and lived in South Africa. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and I was just like, ah, oh, Vikas van der Merwe. <laughs>
2: <Yep>. <laughs> the Nicholas van der Merwe. Yes. Ridiculous. <laughs> the Prons the, the over here. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So he did. He was like, he couldn't stop talking about the prawns of district nine. The funnier thing for me is that district nine came out while I was a graduate student living in South Africa on a research grant. So I was, I was there for three months, just intensively learning Zulu. And so I came back to the U S and I hadn't spoken English widely for like three months. And the movie had just come out. And I was like, what am I doing? I like went in the theater and I'm watching it. and I'm like, so confused. Also because all the Africans in the movie speak zulu so then i was like very confusing for me to be in the theater and be like i it's happening also <laughs> bronze so many i'm going to eat you <laughs> this is a very heavy-handed analogy for racism yeah.
1: well. tj how many white men have you told that you were going
2: to eat it depends do you mean it in a threatening way or saturday night at bear night at the marrow because those
1: are different six of one tj <laughs> <dozen laughs> the other. yeah fair well, we go. we're gonna go with a, a sensible
2: 74. Okay.
1: That's the that. only reason why is because I was just... TJ was off living their best life, and yep. I was like, I'm gonna watch a District I'm gonna 9. gonna disrupt it. Be, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna disrupt my <laughs> I'm, safety. like,
2: frolicking in New Zealand, and I'm like, yep, I laughed out loud. I was on the beach, because of course I was. It was summer. And my friend is like, what are you laughing at? And I was like, my friend is high right now watching District 9. And it reminded them of me. Yeah, That is a terrible <laughs> choice. Jo- this is the problem. See,
0: this is, like, free- <laughs> your freelance... Hot smoking, or whatever it is you're doing right. here, without any guidance, watching District Nine. <laughs> while, like, that's the total opposite of how you want to feel. You're
2: not wrong. Whatever.
0: She wants to be independent woman. Go
2: watch The kid. Crown instead. Watch it, a <laughs> tedious historical sort of moment with a lot of. I passion. did
1: watch The Crown live, and I was just like, oh, dearie. What is it? Sleep, dearie, sleep. Sleep, I- dearie,
2: sleep. The final <laughs> episode. Yeah. The one wow. where Harry dresses up like a Nazi.
1: What a fun time. Yes. <sighs> what right. a flex. What a like, why in the last I remember when that happened.
2: Yeah, I was like, oh, now we're doing things that I remember. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes, <laughs> I was, I was a, I had just finished college, it was like the fall of 2005, and I was like, girl, what? What are we doing here? We don't need this.
0: Yeah, I was glad they covered it at least and talked about it yeah. on the show, but I was still <laughs> like, geez, this is just everything about this, the choices, anyways joe also mentioned jeopardy Geoparty, as we call it in the the house or jay party the The party which was fun to watch get to see you on again (laughs) we We watch jeopardy i can't say we watch it every night because really what we do is collect them (laughs) and fast forward through the commercials (laughs) but we did watch you on there and that was it was fun it was fun to see you again doing the thing being smart (laughs) it's wild i never thought i'd be able to be back and then i was there
2: Fun fact.
0: Well, you're great television too. Yeah, it's a lot, right? We have a lot of people, things. I'm sure, to choose from, and it's hey, this guy. We got to have this guy
2: back. <laughs> oh, Smart back. and personality, <laughs> right? But yeah, sorry, he, go he ahead, what didn't a struggle. Say? Oh, you're fine, baby. I just find it hilarious because it's like when, um, like it has been so long to think about the movie that we're going to talk about. It has been so long since Joe and I saw this in the theatre in May of 2019. I had never been on Jeopardy. I had never taken the Jeopardy test when we saw oh, this movie. And she had yeah, never pronounced
1: I, the Jeopardy oath.
2: And now I have been on it uh, twice. Oh, <laughs> Three years apart. Yeah.
1: The, ri- the river the of, of life.
2: life. There was no pandemic. <laughs> yeah. the there was no catch movie. Gosh. This yeah.
0: is true. Wow, it's to- yeah. totally different world. We 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 five were years ago, we were it. all
2: younger and less stressed. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but no, it, w- it was fun to, to see you on there. Okay, what what we- is that like experience? Really, is it really in? T- it's what you're seeing is very live or. I know they record a lot of episodes in a day, right? But yeah. still, is it,
2: does it move as fast as it seems? It, Terrifyingly fast, right? It's 22 minutes, right? The show tapes very quickly, but, and then they do pickups occasionally. So if Ken has to mispronounce, if mispronounces something, or there's a debate over whether or not something should be scored, but never more than like 25, 26 minutes. But, yeah. and that's how they film five in a day, yeah. right? Wow. This tournament, the one I came back on in 2020. So the difference was in 2020, I was on and it was during the Rona So no, you had no guests. There was no audience. Everybody was masked. You had, you were in, you were out, you were done. Lunch was in box sandwiches in the parking structure. (laughs) It was wild. This time, it was, we had the full lunch experience. They put us in a $400 a night hotel in Culver City for five, for four nights. You got to hang out with everybody else. Your My mom came and got to be in the audience. Like, it was great. The negative, of course, was that the COVID protocols were relaxed and I got COVID, as did eight of the other contestants. But wow. in September. Yeah. But it was nice because it was like this sort of moment where we filmed, good God, we filmed a, a terrifying number of episodes. There's each tournament is... There's nine initial games, then three semifinals, and then two finals. So I can do math very quickly. 14. So it's 14 episodes. So they filmed them over three days. It's a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Wow. And you're just like, what? Right? So yeah, we did that in the middle of September. It was and it was a blast. Ken is really fun. I was shocked at like how personable and fun he was. And the other contestants were a blast. So we have a group text. It's absurd. We still hang out with each other. There's one other Jeopardy contestant with a mohawk named Dave Rapp. And so we yeah. do a podcast that we recap. Lie. Yeah, we're the Brohawks and we recap. Yes, everything. the Brohawks. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, yeah had a great time. <laughs>
0: That's so awesome. It's nice that you got that opportunity to go back and have like more of the full experience rather yeah. than obviously the limits because people work really hard to get on that show. I know mm-hmm. it's the tests and you're trying and, mm-hmm. and you only get like one shot a year. Is that right? Yep. Like to take Once a year. Yeah, so it's people... You want to have that full experience. So it's awesome that you got to, to be able to go back and do that as well and make those connections. It's so funny that you mentioned the, the mispronouncing thing because that's sometimes we laugh because Ken looks like he gets people for pronunciation. And I'm yeah. like, girl, <laughs>
2: like
0: <laughs> French. There are certain things where it's just, wow, he just took a stab in the dark. So I can't imagine the things, what they Led on the show versus what they're like, let's redo that.
2: Yeah, they really will. And then it's like, now it's a pickup. You got to redo that one. I was like, yeah. there we go.
0: Yeah, that makes me laugh because it's just because sometimes it's obviously people, it's they have the knowledge, they know what they're talking about because mispronouncing a word means you still know the word, right? Yeah. They have the knowledge. So it always makes me sad when somebody gets hit I for agree. pronunciation because I'm like, but they knew what it
2: was,
0: right? <laughs> but I couldn't do that job, obviously, because I'd just give everybody
1: all the money and then, and
2: and then the for everyone. Yeah, then the show would be over. You'd be the You're all so smart. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs>
1: everybody's. My favorite back. video that's out there, some yeah. TikTok clip, is Alex Trebek saying genre, genre, oh, oh. this genre.
2: This like, genre, Canadian, getting him to say genre is one of the greatest moments. <laughs> That's hilarious. Anyways,
0: I, I yeah. did just wanted to talk about that. I love uh, that you did. This makes me it, happy. Yeah, yeah, it was fun to see you on there and doing your thing. And again, it's thanks, baby. Yeah, yeah I haven't
2: seen fun. you guys in. I I still follow the podcast, right? It's, I'm one of those people. It's on my Spotify. I'm like, what's up, podcast? What's up,
1: friends? <laughs> now, what are they talking about? Yeah, I was about? Like,
2: literally. I'm really? like, what are my I real life friends doing it? on the internet? We <laughs> I'm appreciate it. Like, yeah, it's so nice to actually be at least. In, in a sense, in this space with you guys. What yeah,
0: yeah. Like Joe said, it's Black History Month, and uh,
2: no, actually, what? I feel that's the thing. It's <laughs> oh, we're always what? like,
0: God damn it! It's again, every like, time we, we have to have TJ on to talk about something else, that's right. but. It's so hard to resist African yes. studies. Like we got, to
2: have you on. I am we'll, literally. We'll have at, you
1: on during Asian Pacific Islander History Month. How about please that? Please do. We'll please have you do. on. In May. I will.
2: I'll introduce myself in Fijian. Right. I'll be, yes. Vanaka. Like, <laughs> It'll be great. People already assume that I'm from Samoa or Tonga anyway, so that's fine. That is when I'm in New Zealand. People are like, "Oh, we're in Tonga?" And I'm like, "No." Los are you Angeles. the
1: king of Tonga? Are you from? I
2: am actually. That, I, that is why I'm shaped like a pineapple yes
0: <laughs>
1: oh the intricacies of race
2: yeah
1: <laughs> uh, aka my career <laughs> yeah. tj are you excited for the secret society of magical word i won't say
2: no i'm not 100 percent not i'm absolutely not uh, i like many many a black person was really excited about the idea of it and then we saw the trailer and there was this collective "Ah hell no where we were like wait this is it it's a rom-com it's a rom-com where he's in love with this white lady that's Huh? Yeah. 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 One of my friends who, who saw it at Sundance was like, "It's really life changing." And I was like, "Is it though?" Is- it's really life changing. And I was like, "Is it though?" And he's maybe it'll be a-, a bridge. And I was like, "This is not 2008, baby. We don't need this. It's
1: fine." <laughs> was giving uh, for me the response was giving Carrie Washington in Save the Last Dance, where it's black men with the white women again. you take taking our men, and I'm like, oh, it really. And it, I was like.
2: Yeah, there's no way in which this ends. Like I was like, I I don't yeah. see how this is going to be delivered in an effective or thoughtful manner, and so I vote no for all of this. Vote
0: Do negative. we know who the, the creatives are behind it, or who's like actually
2: making? They, then there's a funny the the black community because it's providers uh, are biracial. I'm so sorry, but these are delicious sour patch that's, kids, and I'm addicted. That's totally Remember fine. I was eating, eating. What dogs? was it, Joe?
0: Your Cinnamon Toast Crunch Cookies. We did a bit of an ASMR thing. <laughs> oh, yes. we just, so, so it's
1: fine. We we have a precedent it. for snacking on this.
2: <laughs> I love it. But I believe oh, so that, the yeah.
1: The creatives are biracial, so that's a whole thing.
2: Yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, for those of you who do not know me, hello, friend. I am a biracial. And I... Does it sound like a Venice Film Festival? The biracial. Biracial. I often find that when we, we think about lanes, when Black people in general are upset about things especially about racial things i as a light-skinned biracial black person i'm like this is where i silently learn and reflect right this is not where i'm like i'm leading the charge you no know? and so i looked at the I looked at the showrunner the producer and the and i was like oh this can't no my job is to be very quiet right now very quiet for i am not a magical negro i am not i'm like i am a spicy wizard actually <laughs> my desk nameplate actually says tj tally associate professor slash wizard the problem is that they allowed me to put whatever I wanted on my desk placard and they thought that I would be normal. So that's on them. That that, is, that sounds
0: like it's on them. Yeah. Yeah. Quick they turn them. a little bit. Have yeah. you seen American fiction yet? I wanted to yes, see that. Yes, I have I'm seen I American curious.
2: Curious. fiction. What do you great. think of that? Okay. It's great. It's cynical in some ways. And it really is. Damon Young, from, formerly from Very Smart Brothers, said really interestingly enough, he was like, I saw American fiction and I'm not sure if it's anti-black. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's. Part of it is this sort of almost producers' esque moment of, oh, I'm going to write the most stereotypical black novel ever, and then of course everyone loves it. And it, but it is an interesting sort of parody. But then also, my feeling, which other people had too, and I'm I glad I, I waited to read these sort of reviews, is, can we also take seriously the sort of mass-produced sort of black pop lit things that happen? Because th- these books do exist, right? And people read them, right? And how do we take that seriously? Right. I like the book does. I don't think the movie does that. But I first off have had a long standing crush on Jeffrey Wright that borders on masturbatory fantasy, because I do feel that we share certain vague resemblances. And I'm always like, am I attracted to Jeffrey Wright, or do I just not have enough mirrors in my house? And <laughs> either one could be true. Right. Jeffrey Wright as a grumpy black professor. I was like, okay, I yeah. feel told by this, <laughs> and I'm into it. And Issa Rae is hilarious in it. Yeah, I was wondering
0: about, because I haven't seen it yet, I want to watch it, but I saw the trailer for it, yeah. and immediately I thought of Push by Sapphire. I yep. thought about even The Color Purple, because obviously yep. the, it, it shifts, and I and it made me think, is this something that's going to critique those works? Is, what do we think about? Oh, Yeah, I'm very curious yep. to see it and be more curious about it. I'll be interested
2: to what you, see what you think about it. It's, yeah. I, it is well-made, and I enjoyed watching it. Would I watch it again? Yeah. Probably. It's one of those that I would absolutely watch again. It's interesting, because... I also share other people's opinions thinking about what we're going to talk about later is that there are certain movies that I think are really good movies that I don't really ever want to watch again. I'll be very frank. I probably don't think I'll ever watch Get Out again. I've seen it. I I, I got it. I deeply enjoyed it. I don't think I need to. You know what movie I did enjoy seeing again? Ma. Yeah. <laughs> don't make me drink a TJ. What? Right? I, <laughs> I was not ready. for. I was like, the movie is not better. In fact, it may be worse upon a second rewatching, but it is infinitely more watchable
0: is it and that is oh well we'll talk about yeah because that's like the was the segue So yeah we'll save that for later to get into the conversation so we're going to take a really quick break and we are going to come back to talk about 2019's (laughs) ma do you like to laugh geek out on music and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth if so you need to subscribe to one hit thunder Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Krayshawn's Gucci Gucci,
2: EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Pass the Dutchie, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind.
0: So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you got to be. And as K7 would encourage, you got to come, baby, come and join in on the fun of the one hit thunder podcast. All right. Welcome back. As promised, we are kicking off another February dedicated to sorry, I can't talk February. There it is. That's the correct one. Nailed it. Devoted to further exploring the themes that we've talked about in horror noir, black horror, black history, the intersections. And today we are kicking things off with Ma, this Octavia Spencer-led psychological horror film directed by Tate Taylor, who Mm -hmm. also made The Help, which I'm sure we'll get into. Obviously, Blumhouse uh, is on production. And it's about, if you come from like a small town, like I did, a small town Ohio, in fact, we all knew somebody like Ma. And we loved her because she let us do things that she shouldn't have in (laughs) her basement. But what happens when you piss her off? That's what we're getting into. Like, Yeah, that's going to be what we chat about today. As usual, Joe, we're going to start with, although I know you all saw this together, but as usual, we start with Joe's thoughts on Ma. If you remember what your initial thoughts were and then upon rewatch or wherever you want to go, I'm not going to tell you what to think.
1: Or do. I remember thinking this is very strange to be seeing a movie in a theater that's a horror movie without Joshua. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've, I was just like, oh, shit. Okay, sorry. <laughs> we gotta go see this. Gotta go see this movie. <laughs> and then been meaning to talk about it for five years. Yeah. And then we never talked about it. That's but true. I did rewatch it before we hopped on here and just it is the best kind of camp it is it's it's megan that's the thing is (laughs) ma tonally is the way i felt when i watched megan it's deeply funny in places where i don't think they were trying to be funny yep and octavia spencer has a fucking oscar so does alice and janney by this point alice and janney also has a fucking oscar yeah and just the people that are in this, the fact that we have two Oscar winners, Juliet Lewis and Missy Pyle. Give Missy us a break.
2: Missy Pyle. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was, I'm, I remember watching it and then thinking, where are we trying to go with this? And then there's the reveal that happens with Ma back in high school with Sue Ann's character in high school. And I was like, Oh, now I get it. And then I remember thinking, this is what I love about horror movies Because in the morality, we talk about this all the time, in the morality of a horror film, you have the shittiness of the quote unquote normie people in it are magnified in such a way that like they don't know how shitty they're being until, uh, but like the way it feels to the person who's the killer, the villain, it is proportionate to in their mind what is being done to them is proportionate and that was really cool because no she's not doing this because she's yes she may have some sort of mental illness but she is also being very calculated in her revenge and it just and for it to also come out of nowhere that's the other thing too it's like you stayed in the same town you stayed in the same town as everybody and have, and then just like all of a sudden you, you just go off the rails. You, I keep wanting to say you break bad, like <laughs> with fucking breaking bad, <laughs> but just, it's just, it's so wild. And I'm just like, uh oh, see, this is why I tried not to be shitty to people in, in high school. So yeah, I remember walking away from it being like, I can't wait to talk about it. And five years later, I'm very happy that we're going to talk about it now. <laughs> Again, I'm glad that we kind Yes, I
0: wish that we would have talked about it then just because it would be interesting to be able to look back on it yeah. five years later to see what we thought. But I think it actually... Need, I'm glad it sat out there for a bit because uh, as we were chatting a little bit before, uh, the film now has this cult following and there's all this kind of new analysis on it that I do find exciting and very interesting. There's a lot happening in this movie or there's a lot of ways we can talk about it but let's go ahead and i, I want to hear dr professor tj's initial thoughts or, or wherever you're at
2: yeah so in 2019 i walked out and i was like what the fuck was this movie it's just <laughs> i was like this movie is a misfire on every level it's like the only thing about it that's good is the acting right octavia spencer is phenomenal in it yeah. but again octavia spencer was also lot. phenomenal in the help which is also a terrible movie so i'm like mm-hmm. In different ways. That's at least a, like a narratively held together movie. But I was like, what a misfire on every level because Ma, <laughs> I I don't think I told this to Joe, but I explained it in the car with Holland at the time when we were leaving. And I was like, oh, this movie has the Magneto effect. And he was like, what? And I was like, I keep being told that someone is supposed to be the villain and the bad one. And I'm like, but were they wrong? But were they wrong? <laughs> and I'm like half the point. I was like, we're supposed to think of this, this black woman, as sociopathic violent threat to like white teenagers thriving. And I'm like, but was she wrong? What's <laughs> insert currently problematic fave, Nicki Minaj saying, but did I lie? Did I lie? <laughs> like that sort of moment. Right. But like this sort of, I was like, I was thinking, I was like, this is the worst sort of marshalling of like anti-black woman tropes. In this movie. I was like, why is she the villain? If I, it's not until the end when she snaps at the final hangout and she's just literally just uh, abusing teenagers. And I'm like, Oh, she's not the hero of this movie. Oh, (laughs) that was my initial feeling. Right. Rewatching was interesting because I was, I was team Ma again though. (laughs)
1: Yeah. The the point uh, I I was like already, okay, what the hell? Like if it were me and I was those in that group of teens, when she takes the gun and points it to the white boy and just tells him to strip, I'd be like, okay, this is someone, this is not a well person. We shouldn't be here. We shouldn't be in this thing. And that's the other thing. I never had, no, that's not true. I was like, I was thinking about like the adults who like look the other way, right? There was a bus driver that used to drive the kids in my village to, to high school. And he let the kids in my village when it was just us on the bus, he let them smoke in the back of the bus. Which was just like the wildest thing, right? They knowingly were smoking cigarettes in the back of a school bus. And I'm just like, okay, this is a wild thing. But at the same time, it is in the grand scheme of things that shouldn't be allowed. This is fairly benign. Fairly benign. If I get emphysema later in life, I'll know. I'll trace it back to this moment. (laughs) But I just never had anything. Exactly. Mm. I never had that this thing with the like adult who like is helping you do dirt. And I can't even fathom that. And so I can't even fathom that. And I can't fathom someone who is a well person that would do that. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't think that. Well, so
0: again, this film really reminds It was like, I think I text you like, this is like my worst nightmare. Like having to go, yeah. having to go back and live in Ohio, go back to the small town I came from. Yeah. Ah,
1: you were Juliet Lewis was, in this. Yeah, like, I was already, they were yeah. living
0: in San Diego. I,
2: <laughs> yes i know they were
0: they were living in san diego this is the nightmare i have where i'm back working in that restaurant and yeah (laughs) but that was my experience we did troll around town and you find somebody some guy outside 7-eleven hey we've got cash you could buy yourself whatever you want if you'll buy us a bottle of fucking kumchatka or whatever the hell that cheap ass vodka was uh, to mix with our orange juice while we get, went to the park or more likely my friend, Nicole, she was always, she always had a boyfriend who was like 25, 30 when Fair. we were like 16, that fucking guy who would also have some extremely aggressive ex girlfriend who would show up and we'd all have to hide in the bathroom from her, which did happen. <laughs> that, <that's, laughs> I will always remember hiding, but we, so you would find these people that it's like, Why are you hanging around us? We're six, but obviously we knew why, but so that's its own thing. Right. But yeah, so this film brought back a lot of, a lot of memories. (laughs) Like my mom thinks I'm watching a movie and I'm, you know, what's that meme? 30 miles away in some stranger's basement. Yeah. That's, that sounds about right. So this movie uh, hit some things, Um, but I will say it also reminded me, I think I texted this to you as well, Joe, of A Nightmare on Elm Street. So yeah. like, why did Freddy Krueger hang around for 16 years or whatever, like in the dream world? He could have just like invaded the parents and killed all them, right? No, he like waited for their mm-hmm. children. He waited to for that prime moment when they're all in puberty and their emotions and all the complexities <laughs> that come along with it to strike. <laughs> and that's what it feels like with Ma. She's just hanging out. It's very snapped. This is like an episode of that where it's like she yeah. just boiled and boiled in this small town. And then it's all the opportunity to, <laughs> to take it. But yeah, I don't, yeah, it, it is... It's not a
1: perfect film. Story wise. <laughs> it's a pretty much, it's a pretty perfect film, but except for plot and story and <laughs> realism, right?
2: And like half she, of the actors. Yeah.
1: When yeah. she's driving her veterinary van and runs over Missy Pyle and <laughs> says fucking ah! ah! or no, it's a like truck.
2: that. It's a <laughs> truck. Wait, wait. The blackest moment of this entire film. Is when she hits Missy Pyle with that van and immediately changes the radio to September by Earth Wind and (laughs) Flag. Gene, I fall off my goddamn couch this morning watching it again, yelling. I was like, Do you remember? I was like, it's not ready. I was like, that is the blackest thing that has happened in a year full of Februaries.
1: I was like, what the second blackest thing. that at least to me sorry as a non-black person yeah, I don't oh, have yes, the please tell us as a non-black person <laughs> yeah. but I feel like when like you're, it's the montage of her like at the parties like interacting with all the teens yeah, and the that. song is kung fu fighting yep <laughs> i was like also excellent what are we doing because it does to, to a certain level it does have a little bit of a black exploitation type of oh, feel it is oh
0: certainly yeah
1: yeah and and, and like and and then kind of to kind of have that be brought in with the music a little bit, and the music is like campy choices. Also, Missy Pyle is just like the perfect like her yeah. performance the whole time is pitch perfect. Yeah, and yep. like her name is Mercedes. Like
2: her name is Mercedes.
1: It's just the best. It's just the best. Uh, Joshua, what did you feel about uh, Juliette Lewis in this? Because I know you love a good diva. I know you love a 90s diva. I was
0: surprised to see her because I didn't know her and like Alice and Janney like popping up. I was like, oh gosh, I didn't realize they were in this. So I was like happy to see, I like, I do Juliette Lewis. So I'm always happy to see her doing something and playing a, a benignly neglectful parent. Super fun. In that way of we've talked about before with The Nightmare on Elm Street. So overall, I, yeah, I enjoyed the movie. This is like another great, let's get a crowd together and fucking watch Ma. It's hilarious. There are Mm -hmm. parts of it that are just really funny. And again, if I watch this with people that I grew up with in Ohio, we would recognize these. We'd be like, I know these people. This is like such a... Yeah, I don't know. They captured something that feel felt very real to me. But just shifting a little bit to talk a little uh, about the film, production of the film, we have Tate Taylor on direction, which before we said he directed The Help, Get On Up. That's the James Brown biopic. He's a queer man, white man, who owns, lives on the Wyola, is that how you say that, plantation? Wyola Plantation? Oh, dear. Yeah, fascinating here. Also has a thing apparently for wanting to be involved and tell black stories with Octavia Spencer. I, apparently, they're friends. So this film, this, the, the story was written, not, from what I can gather, not intended to have a black actress play the role. Most likely the writer intended probably just for some white lady to play it as. That's my assumption, just because Hollywood is terrible. But Octavia Spencer at the time was like looking for something different. She and their friends and he called her up. He's, she didn't even read the script, apparently. She just heard... Horror, psychological horror, what do you think? She was like, yeah, sure, I'll do. Sounds great. I want to change up the roles. We have another example. When we talk about noir and these discussions of black horror, we have two types, right? You have black horror created by black creatives who are whatever it is that they're talking about, how art talks about through their lens. And then you have black horror that just happens to have black people in it, but otherwise right. all the other creatives around it are white or non black. So okay, right. it can really mm-hmm. shift what this story is, which again, I don't know. If this had been, I don't know, who's like Octavia Spencer? Who could it have been as like a who's who like a white woman that would have played this role? Which again I don't it would have been
1: as Melissa McCarthy. Uh, uh, her best friend Octavia Spencer's wow. best friend. Right. But no, think about that's, Melissa McCarthy as like this, yeah. That's perfect. We,
0: okay. could try, we can go that way. We, okay, so we imagine Melissa McCarthy in it instead of Octavia Spencer. Shifts some of the themes or yeah. shifts some of what we're seeing, right? But it matters. This is one of those films where it really shows it matters to be considerate of these things, which is the criticism I read. It's, wow, Tate Taylor, I'm not sure he knows what he's doing with this yeah. by having Octavia play this role because it does add these other themes that we can discuss. So I was wondering what, throwing that out there, what we think about that, the, the distinction between... Creating something like Get Out, which is very purposeful, conversation being had and the accidental stuff that maybe Ma is doing. I don't know. That's kinda of consi- I considering. I don't know.
2: No, I think I mean I think that's a really good question in general, right? Because it's one of those movies that like, yeah, they were like, We want to do it. And Tay Taylor's, I want to do something fucked up. I think that was like one of the press things. Yes, was, like, yeah, Something yeah. fucked up. And Octavia said, I'm really tired of being pigeonholed in these feel-good white people movies. And they were like, what about this one where we give you a terrible wig? And she was like, I'm into it. Terrible wig it is. That's but funny. at the same time, let's talk about this movie has an additional shading because of race, right? Mm-hmm. Suan's blackness is important to the movie, but the writer and the director forget about it, I think, yeah. multiple times, right? It is a meaningful subtext always, right? Mm-hmm. The prank that happens to Sue Ann is would be awful to anybody. It's a Carrie-style prank, yeah. right? But yeah. also imagine Carrie, if Carrie were black. Like, that is a whole different wrinkle, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. that deepens the... And so the trauma that Sue Ann goes through is really specific because of her blackness. And then it's only really gestured to twice in the movie, right, the way that race plays out, right? There's a moment where Daryl remembers that he's black, the one black kid in the group where they the kid lies and says, no, we have to do a report about African shipping routes, <laughs> slavery. And so he says that's line. <laughs> yeah. And then of course, later, yeah. the moment where the only kid that she doesn't actually truly assault is Daryl, right? She she paints his yeah, face white paints, and says yeah, there's only yeah. room for one of us. Only room for there, one, yeah. yeah. But, but it's it because like, those are the moments, right? And it doesn't... But what is so fascinating is the people who really like watching this movie and talking about it years later are black women. Right. And it's because there's something mm-hmm. about an unrecognized trauma and an unacknowledged trauma that I think is hitting with people, especially five years out. Right. Where they're like, and again, I'm wild of two minds about this. I don't think this is a good film, but I definitely want to keep, I will watch this film probably three years from now again and be like, I was excited that I got to rewatch it. I was like, come on, ma. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I didn't want to watch it 20 minutes. And yeah. I was like, Oh shit. I forgot about this. I forgot. Yeah. Julia Lewis. Alison Janney, why are you doing a dog blood transfusion? I have so many questions.
1: Yeah, that that was really yeah. fucked up. Yeah, everything that happens also after that, where she's literally mutilating teenagers, is yeah. also very fucked up. But just the playing with his genitals, which like kind of gave Django a little bit. It's that scene from Django where, but also just hard- mm. yes, 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 very hard yeah. candy and the. Uh, to me but to me though and in the context of yeah in the context of horror movie morality it is proportionate given the fact yeah. that essentially she was assu- like ass- she was raped she and was assaulted, assaulted. Yeah, she didn't she was she assaulted. assaulted in front yeah. of the entire school where I think it looks like she's the only black student
2: there yeah. are no black people in this town except for her and Daryl. And I'm like, yeah. and Jeannie, yeah. her daughter. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll chat about oh, that. Just... And then we get black gypsy Rose Blanchard over here being <laughs> like, and I remember, I think I told, I think I told TJ <laughs> this in the theater. I was like, Oh my God, all this shit in the movie. And we got Munchausen's by Brian. I was like, you, did. you were like, I was like, Munchausen, what is this? A Lifetime movie? And what? it
0: gave Lifetime movie. It did. Yeah. But it, that's, it's so funny watching that because it's, like, yeah, I don't, Never mind. and We don't need to get into DSM shit. I wanted to talk really quickly. I wanted to the point of what TJ was saying. So this is from The Trouble with the Movie Ma. It says, we've seen the effects from Serena Williams to Maxine Waters. If a black woman gets angry regardless of legitimacy, it's out of line and needs correction. Kimberly Seals. Allers maybe Alés, writes in her article, Black women have never had the privilege of rage. Our female, quote, our female fury is seen as threatening, not radical, as disconnected from reason devoid of any intellectual underpinnings. The weight of being viewed as angry, often by white women, has prevented us from demanding an equal seat at the policy-making table. Sorry, real quick. When a woman gets angry in horror, this is an indication that she's finally going to start fighting back, that she's no longer a victim. But in Ma, it's a signifier that we, the audience, should be afraid. Yep. And then it goes on to talk about racist stereotypes of Black women, to get the audience to be anxious and afraid. Instead of relying on the archetype of the Black Mammy from The Help, Taylor has now moved on to The Sapphire. He can't seem to get close to depicting Black women with the slightest bit of humanity. Something to consider, just to go along with kind of what you were talking about with some of the critique from Black women. Again, that was from The Trouble with Ma by Isabelle. Isabella L. Price. That's hard to say. Isabella L. Price. I think we've featured some of her work in the past on the podcast. So anyways, there, I just wanted to throw that in there. Cause that was a little bit part of the conversation <laughs> to go with the idea that, yeah, what's happened to her. Cause everybody can, like the guys, like, why are you still mad about this? Really? Fuck off. You know what? I'm going to fill you with dog blood and cut your dick off. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> the dog blood, I, the dog blood.
1: I can't with the, it's one of the most fucked up ways to die that we've seen. I think on fried school is this dog blood. Situation, and that's saying something. We've watched like over two hundred something, almost three hundred episode, episodes of this show, and right. that is a fucked up way to die. A uh, thirteen ghosts with the closing door thing is also a fucked up way to die. But I, I don't know. I, it also just you're stripping it of the humanity of the of, of humanity, right? Like you're mm-hmm. equating him to this dog situation, and which is something that often. Like, being angry is a human emotion that, like, women aren't allowed to have. Like, they're not allowed to access because culture, white supremacist culture has dictated that it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. And then you see just how dangerous it is here. If someone had just been nicer to her, then if someone, if they just also didn't, they didn't have to mess with anybody. And that's the other thing that I can't abide, right? It's just like, you really can just leave people alone. (laughs) You can just leave people alone. We don't have to bully anybody. And especially when you're bullying the one or the only black girl, it's no, but it's not great. But and then (laughs) when she opens up her her yearbook and it talks about the different clubs that she's in, it's Sue Ann Ellington, blah, 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 blah. And then the bottom, animal husbandry. (laughs) She was always destined to be a vet tech. Yeah. 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 And then some backstory. And that's how you you get
2: some (laughs) drugs. You get access to the drugs to drug the children. Yes. Anytime it, someone's a vet tech, it trans. means they're going to have horse tranquilizers. That's exactly yes. what this means. Uh, <laughs> long, Allison Jenny says
1: it too. Allison Jenny's take some horse tranquilizers then for your migraine.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was, man, I love that they made her a one-note horrible character and I was like, oh, that bitch going to die. And then she was like, oh, there it is. There it is.
0: Yeah. yeah. And we didn't even get to see that. I wanted to see her kill her. I thought that this yeah. would be really funny to see between the two. Like, I can. Yeah. But whatever, it's
2: fine. Yeah. No, I... We need to talk about the ending of this movie, right? The ending is bananas, right? Yeah. B- bananas, bananas, because it's where they—I feel like two different types of movies happened, right? The first movie was this woman is, and I think this is when it was before Octavia Spencer was written as the character, right? This is a sociopathic bad mo- mom that is here to let you over and has and is is just a, a complete sociopathic nightmare. Then She's a they cool were. There, mom. Yeah, she's cool. She's not a regular mom. She's a cool mom. <laughs> cool she literally mom. says, "Are you kids drinking?" I'd rather you do it here than in the in the house. Yeah.
0: Oh, oh yeah. my gosh, can we get a T-shirt of this cool ma? Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, I'm not I a regular mom, a cool ma. Octavia I Spencer and yep. I want it. I want oh, it. I want eight of Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. So, so I'm so sorry. No worries, baby. So like that, <laughs> but but that's the one part. And then the second is this sort of idea of okay, we want to give her full agency and be a real person and give her a backstory. So we give her this sort of very terrible story about sexual assault and trauma. And then we have to suture them back together at the end where the bananas part is like, okay, you're going to attack these children. But then the writing in for her to attack the, the stand in audience surrogate, nice white girl, Maggie. I was like, Maggie is the least bad of these, except for Daryl who's literally not done anything but be black here. And, and you stole Maggie's earrings. But like when she tries to hang Maggie, and then when she tries to kill her own daughter, I was like, these are too far. These are too far. And then I, I don't know how you guys felt, but even Juliet Lewis' acknowledgement apology, I'm like, it's too late now, Juliet Lewis! Right. It's too late now!
0: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. That was such a bizarre... I'm sorry, I should have done something. Like,
2: yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I, but you also now just <laughs> well, tried to kill my kids, so ago. I don't know what to do about this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it is I f- wild.
2: <laughs> oh, so I down. feel
1: like Promising Young Woman, yeah. the Carrie yeah. Mulligan, Emerald Fennell <laughs> film, I think that film did a better job of showing like how someone manages or is struggling to live with their decisions. Cause there's the scene where Alfred Molina in the most inspired cameo ever Alfred Molina, who plays the lawyer who, who basically tore apart Carrie Mulligan's friend in their sexual, her sexual assault trial and basically blamed the victim. All of those kind of, shitty lawyer tropes with when it regards to um sexual assault and then like you can tell that he's like i'm ready do it like i'm ready like i'm i'm a terrible person i've i I can't this is the last case that i took type of thing Mm -hmm. and that did a good job of showing how like you don't live with regret or how you your actions affected another person we don't get any of that here like yeah they're living in the same like if i like If I was a person who was like the perpetrator of and allowed someone else's sexual assault to happen, and I lived in the same fucking town as that person, that to me is just so wild. You see them, you would not even, maybe not even every day, but you would see them pretty regularly. Right. And then you have have Erica. He's your vet tech. Yeah, your vet tech. And then you have Erica who like leaves, comes back, and we don't see any, we don't get the same kind of remorse. That of all that situation, she invites her into her home and says, "This is my friend, Sue Ann." Like, girl, memory can't be that bad. I was like, "Remember what happened to Sue Ann? Oh, you
2: forgot? Did you forget, girl? you yeah. all played carry to her. Yeah, oh.
1: yeah, you carried her. Which to again you, is a what really- would the black? What would oh. the black carry be called? What would her name be?
2: Ooh,
1: Carrie, off. but spelled K E R Y. That would be like
2: Washington. That would be fine because Luck Harry is too easy. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck Harry, um, ooh, I like that one
0: actually. Wow, no, I was gonna say so th- that Joe, what you just Hooray. brought up, and what you both have talked about, is exactly why it matters whether you have a black or a white woman play this role. Because, as, yes. like, as a black woman, when it's yeah, I'm inviting you to my house, of course I know what you did, of course I remember what we did to you, but you need to forget about that and not be angry about it anymore is like <laughs> such a great uh, parallel to the fucking world we live in that is constantly yeah. delegitimizing. This kind of anger, where it's like, Why are you so mad? It wasn't me, I didn't do this. I didn't, and then it's oh my god, again, my mind is just blowing up like with this Tate Taylor living on a plantation. Mm, This whole thing is like, That's a lot, but anyway, so it's just it creates a bigger metaphor in this film of ignoring, denying, gaslighting, yeah, black women, black people in general about a horrifying, brutal history, yeah. So, again, if it was. Melissa McCarthy, the film would just have a totally different, and then we'd be probably sp- discussing more. My God, sorry, Lily, come on, you're distracting me. Daryl's character, then, yeah. then that, then we'd be like analyzing that more, and I'd be mm-hmm. curious to see because Ma paints his face white. What was the original? What what would that yeah. look like if Melissa McCarthy was the character?
2: Right. So it's just mm-hmm. like it,
0: so it does. It really changes the dynamics of this movie and adds this other layer to it. it and that's over complicating.
2: That's the thing <laughs> is that. In this dimension, we can see some of Ma's actions with both Jeannie and Daryl as misguided protective. Right. She does it to Daryl to be like, you need to know that these people will not love you. I learned this the hard way. Stop Right. And Jeannie, you have to be sick because I cannot have you build these attachments to people at school because they will hurt you. Like it is, it's not, it's it's like a spicy version of Munchausen. It's not even just regular Munchausen where she gets to be a hero. She's actually, no, I need to protect you. It's a very weird...
0: Yeah, exactly. That was the thing with the when discussing well, factitious disorder, but Munchausen is what people yeah. like. It's, yeah, she's not doing it for attention to herself. So it's, right. it doesn't even. It's like something else. And then yeah, right. you realize. And once we know she's there, because obviously it goes through some time where we we have no idea that she has a daughter in the house somewhere. Know, that, yeah, exactly that. Like, she has to protect her from the horrors of this town instead of just fucking leaving mm-hmm. or whatever else, which can yeah. also bring into a conversation about like mental health and about getting help, getting trauma processing and what that looks like in these places. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. Wow. I'm so glad that we are having this conversation because yeah. it's so fascinating. <laughs> I was just looking real quick at my notes. Oh my God. So sorry. Just random thoughts. Parrot Bay, Fireball, Aftershock, Bud Light, fucking teenagers. I'm like, yeah, that looks about right. <laughs> just get us some orange juice and some Coca-Cola. <laughs> that was like a teenage party. I was uh, like, oh, these are grim. These are grim. Yeah, I wanted to throw up the Aftershock. Oh my gosh, y'all. I Jägermeister, Aftershock, I used to like chug that shit. It's so embarrassing. Uh, What is Aftershock? It's like melted fireball, like those fireball candies. I'm pretty sure that's what, or maybe that was the firewater. But one of them was like, it looked like, I remember it, mostly because I remember what it looked like coming back up, unfortunately. Yeah, Aftershock. It's like this red liqueur, like cinnamon, like melted. There it is. Yeah. What's that candy called? Hot tamales or like cinnamon yeah. fireballs. balls. Like, yeah. yeah. I, oh man, I love that stuff. Like cold, frozen, like shots of that. Oh. And then you're gross. yeah, I know. I was like 18, 19. What the hell did I know about drinking? <laughs> but it's the
2: same thing, right? It's like fireball. It's like a very specific yeah. subset of hot cinnamon liqueur. And yeah. yeah that's that and that's when you drink it, things like that when you're that age. That's it. Right. Or yeah. goldschlager. It's things that like oh, sh- Goldschlager was mine. Right. 21 year old me had too much ramen and Goldschlager and then threw up golden crusted noodles. Yeah, And that did it. That did it. Never again. Never again. Cinnamon flavored liquor for me. ever.
0: Yeah. I I remember the last time that I had the, the aftershock, the fire, or actually I think it was the fire water. Yeah. Yeah. We're not doing this again.
2: Yeah. It's 2005 in La Jolla. I was like, we're never doing this again. I was a UCSD student. I was like,
0: yeah, that was probably
2: 2005. Octavia,
1: Ohio. <laughs> friends bathroom I've never Coated. been that drunk I've never been so drunk that I've been sick
2: Oh enjoy Good for you
1: Yeah Yeah Oh look so. at her Oh, oh, <laughs> oh <she laughs>
2: that was, that's not right. a statement okay. of my morality, okay. of my superiority.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. You're like a <laughs> I choose other things to be mind. self-destructive. I eat a lot of cookies. Good. I'm not eating aftershock. I'm not drinking aftershock, but I am uh, drinking, eating a pan, a pan, an almond croissant. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what almond is in French. Do you, do you
2: want me to tell you? I was it's, like... No,
1: what, what, what would an almond okay. croissant be in French?
2: It would be like a, a pan d'almond. Um, almond is just the word in, in oh. French for almond.
1: Almond. Uh-huh. Thank you. I was
0: trying to find my one last thought I had here was I love the, like, it's like the whitest of the white people. Music opens this movie it's like Mumford and sons. Yeah. Whoever sings that. Hey, Oh song, whatever it is. The lumineers. Yeah. yeah the lumineers. Mm-hmm. Yes. It just made me laugh. Cause I'm yep. like, wow, this is interesting choice of opening music. It felt um, very
2: much like the late <laughs> 20 teens commenting on the early 20 teens. <laughs> Yeah, 2019, but it's a complete it's like a movie in 1999 making fun of something from 1992. I was like, that's what that is right there. Yep.
0: That's yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that that made me laugh. Any other stray observations before we close the basement door on Ma? Ah.
1: I love the idea of pairing this movie with A Nightmare on Elm Street, I think, because essentially it's the same. It's the same story. Very. And I love that idea. I'm curious now if I would love to see Ma, but with Melissa McCarthy, <laughs> it'd oh. be great. It would be called Ma'am.
2: <laughs> it would be a feminist masterpiece. That's what it is. It'd be about sublimated women's rage. That's what it would be about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. I did text
1: TJ when I was uh, watching this, and I said the the, the funniest thing in my because again, I I am who I am, and I grew up where I grew up. I keep thinking that this would be we should make one, but Ma is Filipina, and it'd be called <laughs> Mom Come. You, you
2: did need to go whole, down to the basement to step as like a voice note, and I'm like listening to the voice yeah. note while watching mom and I'm just like,
1: yeah, I'm like Shh, don't make me drink alone.
2: That's it. There, it I'm is. Not- there's karaoke.
1: There's karaoke, oh, or yeah. it would be like mom, but it'd be like mom, sir. He wouldn't be like mom, mom, sir. Oh, mom, you are are you out mom, of control? Sir? Out of control. Uh, yeah,
0: out of control. We um, created a monster,
1: a momster,
2: if you will. Mom- and ah, ah, <laughs> ah, ah, <laughs> the big takeaway kids is don't fake having pancreatic cancer when when people have figured out that you're lying just don't do it that's how we know you're a bad person between you and royal tenenbaums don't do it don't fake cancer yeah Yeah. i
0: yeah i I do i think that's the lesson to
1: I'm really glad that... <laughs> Sublimated black women anger and just don't fake cancer. Just don't fake cancer. Yeah, don't do it.
2: Yeah, don't do don't
1: Jesse Smollett your cancer.
2: Oh, don't not Jesse Smollett. Oh.
1: That was just for teaching. Oh,
2: you got it. Amazing. It was a cut. It was a cut uh. right there. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh! Sorry, I just I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. Potential sequel in July 2023. Melissa McCarthy expressed interest in working with Octavia.
2: Ah! <laughs> for potential sequel. No, what?
0: I'm sorry, no! I have to look. Is game Melissa McCarthy is game for a Ma sequel? I would do anything with Octavia. July. I'm, I'm looking at on this Deadline. article, and
2: it's amazing. The picture they put of the two of them together.
1: Hold on. Can you drop it in the chat, please? I need to see it. I'll put the
2: link because the picture is out of control. The picture that they have jerry-rigged of them together. I know that they're
1: like best friends. Like they they, they they are are, are, like super besties. I would do anything Um, for that glorious movie.
2: (laughs) They did do that shitty movie where they were superheroes. Thunder
1: something.
0: something. Thunderbolts, Thunder something like that it deserved to be better. I was so mad that movie wasn't better. I'm like really cuz the uh, the concept for it was
1: like brilliant in my mind. It could be like the sequel to Ma could wow. be like Karate Kid 3 where like it's Ma's friend from college that's secretly a lesbian. It's come to avenge <laughs> back. Into it. Okay, do oh, you see through. in the article
2: they they asked Tate Taylor and he's like my idea for the first sequel, and he's like my idea is that Ma's moved to another town and she has open houses in another city and she kills people in the open house. I think she'd be a real estate agent in the Pacific Northwest and just murder white people looking at McMansions. That's as far as I've gotten so far. I would watch it.
0: Wow. Yeah, I I, know, but Yeah. I, of course I would watch it, but it, that's quite a... That's it. That's a statement. Wow. We thank you so much for joining us. <laughs>
2: <You're> <laughs> this always, is Black You're always a delight. Oh, thanks, <laughs> like baby. It. It's a treat to frolic with you both. You are always yeah. such a joy in my life. What's like going on for you? What are you working
0: on? What's new? Obviously you, you publish one book here. My copy is just gray. So you can't That's really.
2: I love that book came out after we saw Ma. It came out <laughs> over in 2019. <laughs>
0: For people to oh, and the, at all.
2: that's me. I wrote yes. it, yes. So, I'm working on my second book. It's called Indigeneity Conjugal states.
0: and the Violence of Belonging in Southern Africa. It's that's not me, only a book Indigene. title, it has a subtitle. Anyway, sorry, yeah, go ahead.
2: Too. Oh, no, no worries. I, yeah, my next book is called Conjugal States. It is specifically about monogamy and polygamy in the 19th century. So, it looks at ways in which like settler states make claims about monogamy and justify themselves as monogamous states against indigenous types of polygamy and fears of the Mormons. So I do it in South Africa, New Zealand, British Columbia, and Utah. So it's the four. Wow. Yeah. It's a pretty fun gig. Um, and I'm on sabbatical next year. I'm in the running right now for the Fulbright. If I get the Fulbright, I will spend January through June of next year, 2025 in New Zealand, uh, learning te Reo Maori and the Maori language and doing teaching a class and and doing some follow-up work. But otherwise I'll be just finishing the book next year. So It's really fun because I get to just be a weirdo that writes and reads about polygamy and bigamy cases. My family keeps wondering if that means that I want to be a bigamist. I remind them (laughs) it means I don't want to get married at all, so it's fine. Uh, (laughs) There we go. You can't do a bigamy if you don't do any amies in the first place. So. there we go. (laughs) (laughs) no gummies at all means that I'm fine yeah (laughs) but yeah no that's pretty much that's one of the funnest things so I'm looking forward to yeah starting in June I will be on a year long leave from USD which is great it's paid leave I will be frolicking around but yeah I get to write and be sassy I will not be black for pay in the same way because I will not be the director of offer studies after that (laughs) I will just let that go but yeah it's everything else is going pretty well here I just got back from as Jonah talked about a month in New Zealand which was great it's a place where I do a lot of my research and my work now the other thing unrelated that I've just started reading is a book on a uh, sort of queer Pacific, Pacific Island performance called Paradise Camp, which I will 100% loan to you when I'm finished with it, Joe. Camp.
1: Oh, it's wow. It's literally
2: queer Samoa. And other islands, it's in responses to Gogan, as you see on the left. Yes. And like, like gender non-conforming gender variant people actually doing their own riffs on it. You've got responses to all of these sort of like types of Gogon s paintings that are then oh, wow. re- reimagined by queer Pacific Islanders. So yeah, there's a thing that I'm thinking through. I'm teaching a class yes. called Queering Colonialism this semester, so we're thinking through it with this book. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. I love that.
2: Oh, so cool. Your life is so cool. For like 15, right. just slightly gayer. Everything else, like I did, that's just a side bonus. I was like, oh, that makes sense. But 15 year is, if you'd asked me like what my dream life would be like, I would literally be describing this. So yeah. That's amazing. Yeah.
0: That's so cool. Awesome. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you so much for being here, Joe, as always. Adore you. And, and you, dear listener, thank you for lending us your earballs. And have
1: a good night. Don't Bye.
2: let us speak alone.
1: Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California.